Hey everybody, this is Mark, and thank you, yes you, you the person listening right now, thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of the Hard Rock Core Podcast, where my guest today on this episode is a friend from many moons ago who it was good to connect with. I am talking of no other than the drummer from Static X, Ken J. I figured I would say that here this time instead of waiting until later on this intro, because I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation today. But before I go any further, I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're having a great morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time of day it is. But for me right now, it's morning time. That means it's coffee time. So let's do this. This morning's coffee I am drinking is from Malacca Coffee. Now, Nick, the owner of this company, is also a tour manager. And I've met him when he's been out with Morbid Angel, Gus G, Vinny Moore, and others. And I saw he started a coffee company, so I ordered some. So I've got the breakfast blend, and I am enjoying it. So, Nick, thank you, dude. You completely rock, and this is not a paid endorsement. And with this being episode 11, I want to say thank you again for tuning in. As a reminder, you can find the Hard Rock Core podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Anchor.fm, and other podcast platforms. And I'm now even posting same day on YouTube as well, because I want to get this to as many people as possible. The interviews keep piling up, and there are a lot in the pipeline, so stay tuned to here and also to the website at hardrockcore.net where you can find links to all of my socials including instagram twitter the spotify playlist youtube and all of the podcast information don't forget you can message me here through anger.fm by clicking message on the main page let me know what you want to hear on the podcast who do you want as a guest what do you want to know about the bands what do you want to know about me ask a question leave a comment praise me punish me. Let me hear from you. And if you find it in your heart, please like, follow, and share the Hard Rock Core podcast. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. And I want to give you a little bit of history here with Static X. Now, I met Ken J back in 96 when Static X was simply called Static. They were playing shows in L.A. at venues like uh, like The Rock up in the Valley, The Roxy, Troubadour Whiskey. And I wrote some reviews in Rock City News and struck up a good friendship. The first time I wrote a review of one of their shows, I believe I called them Ministry Junior. Because that's what they reminded me of. And they also had a dose of White Zombie. But to even before I saw that first show, oddly, I used to see this guy with a long goatee and his hair put straight up at all of the shows in town and he was handing out flyers but I never saw him on stage there were several guys back then who had really long goatees including Shavo from System of a Down Mike from Spineshank Gong from 57 Crown who went on to sing with Drowning Pool later on myself even and this other guy who I would always see passing out flyers with this long goatee hair spiky up and that was Wayne Static Wayne was quiet, stuck to himself, but he was always friendly. When I met Ken, we had an instant connection because we're both drummers, and there's always that common ground to discuss music when you're a drummer and you speak with other drummers. One of the things early on about Static X, when they were called Static, Ken used to wear these large headphones on stage. This is before in-ears. And I felt it distracted him a bit, and we talked about that back then. But coming to the podcast today and reconnecting with Ken, 
We talked a lot about things in the past and past gigs. We talked about shooting videos back in the day when we used to shoot them on VHS. My buddy Anthony used to shoot shows there, including one at Club 369 in Fullerton, which Ken validates. It's on YouTube. So for those who want to check it out, check it out. And I know somewhere there's video from the Troubadour when Static X played a big show and they were an opening band. They played with Suction, who later on became the Deadlights, Spine Shank, and the headliner was Cold Chamber. Now, over the years, I, I got to experiment a lot in the music industry with Static X, including spending a few dates with them on the road when they were out with Pantera, Slayer, and Morbid Angel. And in my opinion, Ken is one of the nicest guys around, and we discuss a plethora of items on this episode, and he'll be coming back on in the future to hang out and talk some more. I want to give a shout out to Tom G for setting this one up and to Ken for still being the awesome guy he always was. The intro, when we first start talking here, sets the overall tone for our conversation. Reconnection, an awesome friend, and thank you for your time. And now, on with the show, hit it. This is Mark. Hey, Mark. This is Ken Jack. Holy crap. It has been a long, long time, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I saw your name in this email. I'm like, I wonder if that's going to be Mark Thompson. The, the Mark Thompson I know. It absolutely is. How the hell are you, my friend? <laughs> oh, uh, you know, considering all the weird things going in the, on in the world, uh, perfectly weird <laughs> <laughs> you know i it's been uh i it, i don't know it, it it's still the, the whole thing is just it's kind of an overwhelming thing to take in you know the band thing did you ever think you it know? would come back to this hmm. i think when uh, you know when wayne was alive you still had that hope you know but I, I also, I, I mean, gee, Liz, how do you, how do I put this? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he wasn't reaching out to any of us. Yes and no. I, you, you, you think there's going to be a hope for the original four to get back together, and then one dies, and you get through, you go through that emotional thing, and that. that I think we all kind of pushed that down. I mean, we talked, you know, Koichi and Tony and I, Tony and I had reconnected, but um, and Koichi and I had texted in a, a year or two before that, but then started talking again when Wayne died. And as far as the band coming back, I mean, no, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. And, it, and especially for it, you know the three of us getting together that was almost there's just something about it that clicks you were there you saw all that stuff back you know in the in the bar and club days there's just something that works about it and so you know getting together in a room and playing that was no big deal and then you know you get to the first show and it's sold out, and they're releasing tickets, and you're like, man, maybe, <laughs> maybe, and and we're not playing a bar or a club, you know, we're playing a theater, and you 
start to think, well, maybe maybe this thing got some life to it, you know? So I I don't know. I certainly not come back like this. Is that even inadequate? Like, I'm, I'm kind of in my head, I'm sitting here going, you know, it's a, an interview, and in my heart I'm going, well, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? You know, life has been uh, interesting and good. I feel fortunate and blessed. I live up in Sacramento now, and uh, oh, wow. I've kind of moved about from L.A. and here, but I've been doing this music thing in this capacity for many years. I, I kind of, to use a funny word, dabbled here and there with other websites and gave content away and, and added things. But as this kept going, and if you remember Anthony from back in the day as well, we were sure. we were doing this stuff, and he's up here in Sacramento as well now. And when all of our lives change and they and they weave in and out, and I just started going full full force on uh, a name that I've used for a while with the Hard Rock Core to create my podcast, my website, and brand it, and keep it more based on the focus of connecting the bands and the fans, and wanting to just provide content for the bands and the fans that they can hear stories, uh, connect, uh, relate to. I do a lot of photography at concerts, obviously not right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's, it's been, it's been really good. I still have my love and my passion for music. And when I was trying to talk with Tom, you know, George about this and and get this set up, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to have that conversation. And I, I was blessed when he said yes to this. And I was thinking back to all these times in the Rock City News days and Chris Cuomo, you know, the Prince of Darkness and uh, all of us just hanging out uh, outside the Troubadour on, on a Monday night, free night and just talking or the yeah. rock up in the valley. All those times started circulating in my head and I'm going, my God, man, time it, 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 time has gone by quickly. And as I'm listening to the new record, I, I got to say this, and I know you and I talked a lot about drums in the past. This is the most aggressive drumming you've ever done, or at least I've ever heard, man. I'm, wow, Ken. Thank you, dude. <laughs> well, I, I try, once I was out of Static X, I, I was in Godhead for a few months, and then I tried music for about another year, year and a half. You know, I became a Christian during that time, and I decided, you know, maybe this is unhealthy for me right now. You know, maybe I don't need to be Ken Jay. And I'm in Illinois now. I'm in actually moved home and I take care of my parents. I didn't want to do a cover band or anything, but I wanted, you know, I didn't pick up a stick for about 10 or about six years. No, it wasn't that long because I started teaching is what it is. I, I know what I'm good at. You know, and I know the the teaching improved my playing so much because it was you have to go back to fundamentals, and you start seeing the you know the the visual aspect of drumming, and it it really affected my form so much. I it's almost like when I was a kid, except you know now I've got access to YouTube and. You know, all these instructional videos of guys that I really look up to. I'm like, oh my gosh, in drum cams and all that stuff. 
started applying itself. And then if you're in a band with Tony Compost, you kind of have to be aggressive. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, I've always, you know? he's always been that death metal guy, you know, I yeah. was, he was that guttural growl and static X. And, you know, I remember when you guys were doing those, uh, um, dates with Pantera and morbid angel, um, and Slayer back in the day. I just think back to those times. I just remember Tony was in, in heaven doing those shows. Yeah. Well, and he, he's still so happy, you know, push it came so close to being played on top 40 radio. I mean, it just, it, it was all over the charts. And, and I, I mean, we, we came so close with that. And he is still so proud that his death metal backing vocals are in, <laughs> in that song. It's, it was funny. He said that we were, I think we were in Tampa, or I can't remember where we were, and he and I were doing a, a video interview, and he said, oh, I, I take a lot of pride in that, you know? Death metal backing vocals, that's me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, the, the weird thing is he's, I mean, both Tony and Kawiki, uh, well, and now I, I would say, uh, I mean, we were always well-rounded musicians and listened to a lot of different things. Wayne liked what he liked. And so, you know, you had to be very aware of, like, it's, when Interpol came out, I was like, oh, man, you got to check out this band. Well, he loved that, you know. But it's, you know, not any band that came after along, uh, 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 after Interpol, you know, if you played it for him, he'd just be like, sucks. Whereas, I mean, Koichi and Tony and I tend to be probably a little more well-rounded. The, the positive thing about Wayne was, in that sense, was, you know, he, was, he had, you know, this vision that was a very one track as, as far as where to take the band and, and you know we added to that we brought our outside influences and um but yeah tony he definitely it's weird like you know i stay with him when when i go out for rehearsals or anything and um you get in his car and just his you know random shuffle will bring up anything from the police to sacred right <laughs> journey <laughs> and then you know morbid angel and you're like wow and then tool and primus and chili peppers he, he, but he, he's a huge prince fan i mean he he really you know makes those guys stronger in what they do they they just can you know kalichi and tony can just pull from so much that affected them and they make, they make it look easy. I have to work at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate that. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned the the YouTube and the you know the the videos that are out there now and all the, these drummer skills and you know back in you know ninety eight ninety seven ninety six you know we were filming shows on VHS or you know on on cameras yeah. like that and the quality is yeah. not so good and I know that footage exists and I know. If I'm not mistaken, Anthony has a few of your guys' shows from like Club 369 and Fullerton and stuff like that. I'll hook up with him and see if we can get some of that footage for you guys. 
Well, you know, there's a there's a three six nine show on YouTube. I wonder if that's his because he asked one time, and we we're like, he's trying to find the original. Yeah, I I wonder if that is his. I've got my iPad right here. Let me see if I can bring it up. And, and it's early. Like I don't know that we had met Ulrich yet. Let me see because we opened with. I'm with Stupid, and it's got the, you know, that song had a long intro at one point, uh, like a bass intro. Yeah. And just, uh, just some, I mean, it was it was a long kind of keyboard intro type thing, and we opened with it. And this is from 97, so I, I would say that uh, we hadn't met Ulrich, but we hadn't really edited any of those songs yet. Because Ulrich was the one, you know, he really, he streamlined it and and really helped with the editing aspect. But those, man, those 369 shows, those were so fun. It was always such a drive, you know, to get out there. And then you go out there and, I mean, you know, we played with Drown and System and Spine Shank and Flambuki out there. Those those were some of the hardest days and still some of the the best days we ever had as fans, you know. Well, they were a blast back then. I think nine six decibel freaks yeah. with Larry who who left us Yo, a yeah. while ago. Um, yeah, you know there were just some some great times and memories in. And you mentioned Ulrich, and you know you did this new album with him, and this album to me. Is, is like a modern sonic approach to Wisconsin Death Trip and Machines combined into one. That's how I feel sure. about it. How do you guys feel about the songs and, and what you came out with? I wouldn't disagree with what you just said. I think that we spent, you know, a few years getting, writing and, and perfecting what became Death Trip. And it's never really perfect. You, know, you, you record it, you put it out there. You never really finish it. That's another Ulrich thing, you know, is because we were driving him nuts during the mixing stage, and he, he's like, you know, you guys, you never really finished an album, and we were like, oh, okay. Um, but I, and we did all this touring, and then we didn't take any time off. Like we only had a couple of weeks and, and I had come back here to Illinois. It was, it was my dad's birthday and we were going to take a couple of months off and just not see each other just because we'd spend all this time cooped up on a bus, you know? And while Wayne was, you know, a, a musical driving force behind the band, he was, he was kind of a, a snippet guy. Like, here I've got these ideas, learn this song, and then you get it, and it's like a guitar part and a drum machine. And so, really, the the band formed the songs, but we, we because there was we went right into recording machine. Felt like there personally, like maybe there was we needed the fun of that era back, and this apparently has captured people's imagination with that because not that machine was a bad thing but at all i mean it's a my gosh I, you know sonically it's I, I love the drum sound on it and it's just clean and crisp i felt like we had another 
album from that era somewhere. Um, I thought it may be, you know, you always think this, well, it'll be the next one. I don't know. I, you know, just all the work that went into it. And, and uh, you know, having Ulrich back is uh, just kind of a huge deal. I mean, he's just, he's so easy to work with. Anybody that ever worked with him, you know, you, just, you love the guy. He's really easygoing. And so, therefore, and, you know, I've produced a couple of things, just local demos on my, uh, with a friend of mine, and I'm not. I'm kind of a relentless taskmaster master because I still haven't gotten the, you know, the band attitude out of my head, whereas, you know, when you're a producer, you have to, I can at least see the whole picture and, and the recording processes, and I get all that. You know, producers have to learn how to do stuff like, oh, well, I'll go get lunch, too. You know, you, you kind of do anything that needs to be done. You know, you think you're tired. You've, you've gone through several takes of something, and he'll come back in, and he'll just say, I, I think you've got a little bit better in you. You know, <laughs> it's just something that simple. So, yeah, you know, I mean, from the, I think from the personal standpoint of my drumming, age and experience is helped. And, you know, I kind of, to get back in shape to tour, um, you know, I had had surgery about a uh, little over six or seven months before we started touring. You know, coming back, it was the only surgery I've ever had in my life. So I, I physically had to put in some, you know, weight training and cardio and stuff like that. And that just improves the drumming too, you know. But also at 53, 54 years old now, you learn patience. You know, I'm not trying to drive a nail with every drum stroke. I'm, you know, it's more about cracking a whip constantly and and allowing the stick to do more of the work than, <laughs> than my body. And, and then you have Ulrich in there. And, it, and it, it's kind of, I won't even call it pushing. It's just kind of, why don't you go this route? And, and you know, he's open to suggestion too. Well, try it this way. Try it that way. And I just think he, his personality and, and, his, and his brain just allow for really solid, great performances, you know? He knows what he's doing at this point. Uh, yeah agreed and he, he's he's got a rich history in fact back then around 2001 i was working with a band and they were getting ready to do a demo deal with atlantic and we brought in three three people to to produce the demo and ulrich was one of them and uh they ended mm -hmm. up going with somebody else um it just wasn't it just well I, I don't think it was i think he enjoyed the band but it just wasn't his forte for what he wanted to produce but uh he was a great guy i mean i every time you know hanging yeah. out with you guys and seeing him and hanging out at the troupe or anywhere else just a a super great person who was easy going and he he made it seem like working with him in the studio for you guys or any other band it would be a breeze yeah i i get that a lot um you know we talked to well you know you have we had Raven Black on tour last year, and then and then we did Europe with Soil, and those both those bands are 
I've worked with, well, of course, Reagan Black is on his label. And, you know, it's just, I tease people about working with him, but the fact of the matter is that he's such a pleasure to, to work with. Not really work, but I, I think producing us, and, and, you know, that really being one of the, the first things he did on his own, you know, you know how it was. Even though we were part of this, we get kind of grouped in with the the new metal scene, which is weird. I don't, I don't. I mean, I still don't think of the the LA scene that we were a part of as new metal. Some bands that have that kind of hip hop and rap element, but like, I mean, I think when you see how different system. Ultra Spank, Static, and Spine Shank, and just all those bands were, you know. It, it wasn't, I don't know. I, 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 I guess, you know, whatever. I mean, people have to put things in a column, I guess, and, and you know, it's marketing, or now as we know it, branding. But, uh, you know, the thing was, when we came out, I mean, you know, Push It was on 120 minutes first. It wasn't. There wasn't a headbanger's fall. We were considered kind of a heavy alternative band. And I think that that, you know, opened up, uh, I hope that it opened up just all the options for all the way after that. Never really talked to them about that. That's weird. Now that I think about that, I mean, I'll sit and talk to them about everything, but, you you know, you mentioned that new metal tag and I, I never understood that it, it seemed like a lot of people and or press would associate anything that didn't have a guitar solo and use any type of drop tuning as new metal. Even people started referring to machine head on, on their third record, the burning red is a new metal band and they experimented yeah. a little, but they still weren't a new metal band. And you guys, if anything, were more like ministry you know, and, and yeah. nobody's called ministry a new metal band. And I think that yeah, was exactly. one of the first reviews I think I wrote for you guys in Rock City News. I said, you you guys were almost like ministry junior, I think, because you, you guys had that sound and that precision. And uh, there was no rapping going on. None. Yeah, well, and that was <laughs> Tony and I and Tony and Tweety and I joke about it because, I mean, we tried it. You know, we tried like one song in the practice space, never got it to work. It just wasn't, we couldn't do it. I think it's easy because it's an era of time. And you know how it goes. And you've been writing long enough and and being part of the the music scene, you know, there's just that. There's just a need to, to categorize stuff like that. You know, True. I, I guess I, I, you know, and it's, it's the same thing with, it, it's not just music, you know, I mean, it's done with movies and, and television and all that stuff. And it, and it really, I mean, realistically, it doesn't matter. People tend to, yeah, they'll, they'll go to that category to, okay, well, you know, I like these bands in this particular hard rock category. So I'll listen to them. And then they, they branch out from that in way, you know, you get a little older and you're like, well, I like this thing and it's pop music and 
really not a hard rock band at all, you know. So, uh, but I, I get it, you know. And especially now, I mean, you know, branding is such a, a big deal. You know, branding kind of has been what drives it a little bit now, which I think that that, you know, people need to get back to the actual substance part aspect of it as opposed to the, the marketing aspect, you know. But it's a short attention span in the world, you know. So that's how things have to be done. And it's I don't e- know. an even shorter it's attention span can, now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, and uh, uh, fortunately, well, and that was one thing when I go back to the, the actual a- editing aspect, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Wayne and I had definitive ideas about making this thing kind of seem like a mini rave and having, you know, all these keyboards and effects going on in between songs and Ulrich, you know, actually sat us down at one point and he's like, why does it take like, two and a half minutes to get to your first vocal. You know, what, why all of your songs are like this. There's six minute long songs, but the body of the song is three minutes. We've got all this stuff going on. We can do some of that on the record, but you know, and you can do whatever you want live. You know, think of your record as a little bit different from, from the live aspects and, so, you know, while we were reluctant at first, then the first time we played, you know, he came up with these edits for I'm With Stupid, this kind of streamlined version of it. And the first time we played it live, it was like, oh, this really works, you know. I mean, you know, people loved that song the first time they heard it. And then it was this short burst and a lot more powerful. And, and it, you know, he kind of got us away from... Not everything has to be six minutes long. So, and in in the long run, now that's an extremely positive aspect for us. Well, in, in in the live form, you guys can have those interludes between songs where you change guitars, take a drink, tune something. It it kind of helps yeah. in that live format. And I mean, you guys obviously had a successful. 2019 and I got to kick my own ass because I, I didn't get to see a show. I was always, uh, I think you did San Francisco and I was out of town. Do you guys have dates on 2021 book now since this year is pretty much a wash? For now, I'm, I'm just going to leave that untouched just because we need to see, you know, what turned into uh, what was started off. The idea was 35 re- show reunion tour in the United States, let's see what happens. Next thing you know, it's 75, 80 shows, 14 countries. It went by so quick, you know? So, I, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're a band. We're two, we tour and, and the live thing is what made us and still is, you know, probably outside of, of death trip on its own as an album we never said no to a live show <laughs> when we when we first started touring i mean just all these options started coming up and you know andy was our manager at that time and andy actually pulled us aside at one point and said you know you you can say no to some of these and i guess we still kind of have that attitude where it's like you know 
So hopefully, yeah, tw- you know, twenty twenty one is better than twenty twenty in that sense. But there's a lot of doubt, and it's and that's the thing. I, so yeah, it, it's a little sketchy. I mean, we and it's not just me. You know, all four of us and and you know the guys on the crew. Everybody's got you know a, a personal feelings and. But you know, bands tour, so I, I and there's. I think there's also going to be a lot of trial and error with it. I think if if we can figure out how to do it, you know, I mean, streaming streaming live shows is fun, but you know, it's still the crowd experience, and that's not just for bands. It's just it's also for you know the the crowd that goes to the show. It's a, it's the experience of it. So basically that's, a, I have not changed. That's just a big wordy answer for, I don't know. And you know, what else can we ask for? Because I was talking with somebody else last week and the response he gave when talking about the future of live music and things like that for the band, he said, it's hard to make plans, but it's more difficult to keep them right now because it changes every day. That's not even with thinking about family safety, your own safety, crew safety, et cetera. That's just the reality of, okay, we're going to book shows for October, November, but as things start to spike up and okay, now those move again, everything's fluid and changes on a daily basis. It's, it's a strange world, man. It's a strange world. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good to hear your voice, man. So good to hear your voice. It's great to hear you too. Are you still playing at all? I am. In fact, I'll shoot you a link of something that I did just a few months back. Excellent. Excellent. Great to hear. Always love to hear that. Awesome, dude. And that was episode 11 of the Hard Rock Core podcast. I want to thank Ken Jay for joining me and having a conversation and look forward to having you back soon. Shout out to publicist Tom George. You rock. I appreciate you setting this up and reconnecting Ken and myself. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of the socials, and I hope you can connect with me there. If you made it this far, thank you. If you like what you've heard, please like it, share it, follow it. Stay safe. Stay true. Tell your family and friends you love them. Give them a hug and have an awesome day.